And, uh, and so this morning, I want to talk to you about alignment. Another way that you could say this is rhythm. You know, uh, we, a few minutes ago, we were all clapping together, right? How many have ever had that person next to you that's trying to catch the beat? I mean, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And you're like, would you just stop clapping because you're throwing me off? Like that rhythm matters. And you know what? God has a rhythm in our life and God has a rhythm. And, and, and that we need to what? We need to catch. We don't want to be behind a few steps. We don't want to be ahead a few steps. Do I have anybody else in here that's like me that sometimes gets ahead a few steps? And then we're like, God, where are you at? And he's like, I, I'm, I'm behind you. You ran out in front of me. You know, and sometimes that can happen, but being in alignment really makes a difference. If you don't believe me, just leave your car as it be, and one day your car is going to get out of alignment, and you're going to keep fighting to what? To keep it on the road, right? Why? Because the wheels want to just go their own direction. And yet, when you go get your car aligned, what? All of a sudden it works better. It keeps you in the center of the road. You can even let go of the wheel and be like, look, I, I continue going straight. It's awesome. Alignment makes things easier. You don't have to fight when we're in alignment in the right places. And yet we can get out of alignment with God's plan and God's purpose for our life. And so if you want a catchy title, I don't really have one. I'm going to give you one, but it's, it's the best I could come up with. And I've had, I went through many. And uh, so this is what, if you are a note taker and uh, you want a title, here you go. You can call it the divine align. Because I believe that we are to be aligned with what God's purpose and plan is. And I believe many times as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we're simply going through our life without actually giving thought to what is the purpose of this season in my life. You know, God works in times and in seasons. He works in times and in seasons. And, and I've seen this time after time after time in my own life is that, that God would ordain certain things for a certain period of time in my life. There was a certain period of my life that what? I was a child and I lived in my parents' home. But there came a point where what? It was time for me to grow up and to leave my parents' house. And they said, hallelujah. <laughs> Why? Because it was time for me to go. Right? And, you know, I, I mean, and, and there's times to understand that. But just even in that, once I became married and had a wife and, and had some responsibilities, guess what? I couldn't act like that kid anymore. Paul talked about that. And he says, when I was a child, I act like a child. But now that I'm a man, what I've put away some childish stuff. My wife wants to be married to a man, not a boy. Right? So alignment does matter. And understanding the time and the season of my life really makes a tremendous difference. And it makes a tremendous difference in your life as well. Why? Because God has a, a purpose and a plan, not just for one community, but also for your, for your life, for your family, for, for this season of your life. And it's very important that we're in alignment with that. And so you could also say it this way, and some of you have probably experienced this, but have you ever had a moment where you just thought, I was just in the right place at the right time? Isn't that nice when that happens? How many of you have ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? That's not quite as enjoyable, typically. But being in the right place, but guess what? That doesn't just happen. We can pray all day long and say, God, I want to be in your wheel. God, I want to be in your wheel. God, I want to be in your wheel. God, just show me, your play. Show me what you want me to do. But guess what? They're, God's not just going to miraculously pick us up one day and just say, hey, this is where I want you. God's going to say, I have a plan and I need you to take some steps with me 
to get where I have you to be. And, and so, you know, we have these things in our life. And so let me give you a couple examples of this that, that just some easy examples to, to help you kind of connect with what I'm talking about. You know, I believe that there's, and I've experienced times in my life where that, that God specifically tells me that you need to rest. Like this is a season of rest. In other words, you need to catch your breath. Why? Because a season for running is coming and you need to rest. Well, how many of you know, if, if God says that it's a time for me to rest and I'm running, and then the season for running comes, what happens? I'm exhausted. Right? And, and so I don't want to get them confused either. I want to make sure that I know what the season is of my life and what God has for me. And it's very important. It's vitally important for all of us to understand. The Bible talks about having discernment. In other words, having some understanding as to what? The seasons and the times of our life. The Bible talks about men of Issachar. This comes out of First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It says that they were the men of Issachar were wise... Because they understood the times and the seasons in which they lived. In other words, they weren't just living life by chance. They were living life on purpose according to God's plan and God's purpose for their life. And the Bible says that they were wise. Proverbs tells us many times, don't be foolish, but be wise. Don't be foolish, be wise. Why? Because we want to be wise. And we can know the word of God, but we have to be led by the Holy Spirit to understand times and seasons in our life. And I, I want to, uh, here in Luke chapter 12, I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. We'll read this out of the Passion's translation, but Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's giving a parable, which is a, a fancy word for he's telling them a story. Um, and so he begins here in verse 54 and he says, Jesus said to the crowds or gathered around him, it says, when you see a cloud forming in the West, don't you say that a storm is brewing and then it arrives. And when you feel the wind blowing South, you say a heat wave is on its way. And so it happens. He says, what hypocrites? He says, you are such experts at forecasting the weather, but you are totally unwilling to understand the spiritual significance of the time that you're living in. You can't even grasp because what's happening. And really what Jesus is doing is he's trying to get them to realize that God is changing. Like the Messiah has come. I'm here in the flesh and you guys still want to live under an old testament, an old covenant way of living. And yet God is shifting and you are completely clueless about it. He says, you can look at the clouds and say, Hey, it's about to rain. You can, you can begin to, to predict the weather, right? And he says, you can do all of these things in the natural. And yet your heart is completely disconnected from what God is doing right now. You know, and unfortunately every one of us that could be us. I don't care if you've lived for the Lord for a month, 10 years, 30 years, 50, it doesn't matter. The moment that we quit listening to the Lord is the moment we can begin to get out of alignment. We never graduate from having to listen for God's voice in our life. Ever. I need God more today than I ever have. Ever. And the longer that I walk with the Lord, the more important it's going to be that I learn to listen and continually come back and begin to say, Lord, what are you speaking in this season at this time of my life? And the same is true for you. It's vitally important. Why? Because how else can you be in alignment if you don't, if, if you have no idea what God wants from you? 
How can you walk in the path that God has for you to walk if you don't even know where that path is? Now, God wants to. He wants to reveal his purpose, his plan, his desires in our life. The Bible's very clear on this. We see it time after time after time in Scripture. And yet Jesus here is giving a pretty sharp rebuke to the religious elite of the day, saying, guys, you have no clue what spiritually is happening right now. The signs are all there, and yet they can't even understand what's happening. And so one of the, you know, the first point, if you will, is this, is that we have to understand how God works. Is that God always works in times and in seasons. Always. You go look throughout Scripture. You see that word appointed over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, it's appointed the day that Jesus will return. Now, we don't know what that day is. If anybody tells you, they're a liar. That's what the Bible says. But it says that that day has been appointed. Go read Acts chapter 1. God appoints and he establishes times and seasons. And we understand this many times. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. The Amplified Bible says this. Let's see here. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. It says there is a a season, a, a time appointed for everything and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. And he goes and he begins to list there all kinds of things. A time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to be born, a time to die. And he lists all of these things. And yet he says there's an appointed time that God has established for every season of our life. And I believe that this is true, not just for us personally, but I also believe it's true for churches corporately. Like, I believe that God is appointing a time for one community right now. And I know that this last six months has been an interesting one for many. I get it. Why? Because I've had a last, an interesting last six months too. So I get it, but I also understand that what God has been positioning and aligning and bringing things into place. I mean, do you realize that we are less than one year from the initial conversation that birthed one community church. Actually, we're about nine and a half, ten and a half months from the initial conversation. A lot has happened in a very short period of time, which is pretty remarkable. Like, crazy remarkable. What God has done in such a short period of time. And it's amazing to be a part of. It's amazing to watch God work, and yet we can be completely oblivious to what God is doing if we're not paying attention. If we're just going through life, living our life, just trying to make it through to next week, all of those things, and yet God has a plan and God has a purpose. And yet, are we seeing it? Are, are we asking God, what is, my, what is my role? What is my place? What do you have for me during this moment? Because God has a purpose for everyone. Every one of you are here by design, by purpose. It's not by accident. And yet, the Bible many times shows us this. And so, we have to understand that God always works in what times and seasons. In these, in these moments where God works. And we want to make sure that what? We are in step with Him. I mean, the thing that, that, if I'm honest, the thing that happens with me is, and I'm, I'm learning patience. I'm learning because I've yet to achieve, but I'm learning. I'm that type of person that says, if something's not happening, I'm going to make it happen. 
But that can also get me in trouble. And the thing that I want to learn to do is to move when God tells me to move, to step when he tells me to step. Why? Because I see blessing when I do that. I see peace when I do that. I see God working when I do that. It's much better than me trying to force something on my by myself. You know, and, and I believe that even, and, and, but when we understand how God works, it gives us a lot of context to understand the time in, in which we live. You know, Jesus was teaching in uh, Luke chapter 5, and I believe that this is so important um, for you as individuals, but also for you as the body that encompasses and makes up one community. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus is teaching, and I'm going to... It's a fairly familiar passage of Scripture, but here in verse 36, it says that Jesus gives an illustration. So he begins teaching again a parable. Jesus would always tell stories to illustrate spiritual truths. And it says here in verse 36, it says that no one tears cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. You ever tried to do that, take a new piece of cloth and like you get a, a hole in some jeans or something and you try to, you know, I'm not a sewer, so I'd get the, I, I cheat. I get those iron on patches, you know what I'm talking about? Well, it doesn't take very long and I like go to step up on something and what happens? That patch just rips right off. Why? Because that patch, that, that new piece of fabric, guess what? It has never been shrunk and those pants have been shrunk. So it rips and what happens? The tear is actually worse than the beginning. It actually does more damage than good. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He goes on in verse 37 and says, And no one puts new wine into an old wineskin. It says, For the new wine would burst the wineskin, spilling the wine and ruining the skin. It says, New wine must be stored in a new wineskin. But, and, and so he, he's giving us an understanding, but you have to understand some of what's happening here. Because what he's actually talking about is when they would take grape juice and in the process of fermentation, they would pour it into a wineskin, a new wineskin, a fresh wineskin. What? Because it was still pliable, right? It was fresh. But as that process, that chemical reaction would begin to happen, that wineskin would have to stretch and it would have to expand. Well, if you took new wine and put it into an old wineskin, skin that had already been stretched, what would happen? The wineskin would burst. The wineskin is useless. The grape juice is lost. And really what the point that Jesus is actually speaking to here, he was talking about living on this side of grace. You can't live according to the Old Testament, understanding who Jesus is and it work. It's not going to happen. You can't live under law and still accept grace. It's two different systems. That's why Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and says, you guys can predict the weather, but you can't understand that what God is doing that is totally different. You think everything is based on works, and yet the Messiah is here to change the game. It is changing completely. And so your old way of doing and living and acting and talking is totally different. And so my encouragement, one of the things that I want you to hear this morning from me is this. Is that, look, we all have stories. We all have history. And I don't mean just personally. I mean in our churches. Well, back in the day, well, we used to, guess what? You need to drop that language from your mouth. 
Why? Because it is a new day and it is a new season and there is a new time and God wants to work in a new way. And if you try to take what was and bring it into what is, it will not produce what God wants to produce. It will not happen. Why? Because God wants to do something that he has not done before. And it is different. And it's going to look different and it's going to feel different. And guess what? It should It should, but yet all of us, every single one of us fight for comfort. We like what we know. You know, I I, I always think about going to a football game on Friday night when I think of these things and it doesn't, you'll all know what I'm talking about. You walk past that part of the fence line where you got all these guys who used to play on the team, you know, like 30 years ago. Well, that would have never happened. Well, we would have tackled that guy, man. We wouldn't have lost that game. All right, big boy, walk out there and go play. Go prove it. Oh, you're in a different time, ain't you? <laughs> I forgot you ain't been working out and training and stretching because you're going to go out there and break your leg. Guess what? It's a different season and a different time. And if you try to take what has been and bring it into what God is doing, it's not going to line up. It's going to get you out of alignment and you're going to end up somewhere that you don't want to be. And that's what Jesus is actually illustrating. The, the principle here is that you've got to stay with what God is doing, not what he has done. And see, and we all, you know, I mean, I've had lots and lots and lots of conversations through my life as a believer. With different, well, you know, we really had a move of the spirit back in my day. Well, the, you know, our songs were more anointed. If you've ever said that, I'm sorry. No, it's still the same God who sits on the throne. It's not that anything was better back then. The thing is, it might have shifted. God may be working in a new way. And it's time to what? To follow the leadings of the Lord. If you, you know, I mean, we would love if God moved like a road, straight. God doesn't move like a road. He moves like a river. And sometimes, you know, I, one time I went to the Amazon and we were on a tributary of, of the river. And, and so the river did this. It did back and forth. Back. It took me two days. And I said, how long would it take me if it was a straight line? And they said about two hours. It took me two days on a boat to get up river because it snaked so much. And sometimes that's the way it can feel with God. But you've just got to what? I'm committed, God, wherever you're leading me. Because there's something in those bends and those turns that we need to pick up, things we need to learn, things that God needs to get out of us. We don't like that. We all have things that God needs to work out of us. Issues of self and of whatever it may be. And God needs to, what? So that we can actually be ready for the season that he has for us to step into. Unfortunately, I've I've stepped into seasons that God had for me and realized, man, I wish I would have learned that lesson back then. Dad, gum it. Because now I've got to do what I got to do and learn the lesson that I've been fighting him on for a couple years. That's not real fun. I like it a lot more when I'm like, oh, that's why I learned that lesson back then. It was for this moment. I just thought that was pointless. I mean, I've had all kinds of jobs that I'm thinking, why in the world am I here? And then years later, I'm like, it was for this moment. God had me take that detour. What I thought was a detour 
It wasn't actually a detour. It was actually God saying, I'm preparing you for what you don't even see yet. And it's important that we understand this. Is that God will prepare us. And, and so, you know, and God is moving in a, in a unique way. I believe that God is, is shaking some things. Even in this church, even in this community. I pastored in El Dorado for four years. And I still hold to this fact that I believe with all of my heart. Is that there is a huge opportunity in this city, in this region. And somebody's going to fill it. God will see to it that somebody will fill it. So my question is, is why not you? Like, do you have the capacity to believe God for the, the, the really the greatness of what he wants to do? Or are you just comfortable where you are? Or will you stretch out in faith saying, God, I'm asking you to do immeasurably more than I can ask, think, possibly even imagine. God, I'm asking you to blow my mind with what you would do and how you would work through our church, how you'd work through me in my life. How you would use me at my job to touch those around me. See, God wants to do more. There's no doubt about it. But we have to be willing I've already touched on my second point, but I'm going to repeat it because it's good anyways. It's this. Is that old ways will not fit into the context of the new. You may say, well, I don't, I don't like all this shifting around. I don't like this. We're having to move from here to there. We're having to do this and that. I don't, you know, I, I don't know about all this and I don't know about that. And I, I'm just not sure. Well, guess what? I'm just going to be honest with you. If you want to be comfortable, you're going to get out of alignment with the plan of God. Because here's the thing I have found in my life. I've served the Lord for over 20 years. That God could care less about my comfort. And as a matter of fact, when I get comfortable, he begins to move. Because trust me, it was not in my plan to leave six months ago. It wasn't on my radar. I wasn't praying for it. But it was the Lord, and I knew it. Well, I could have said, man, I want to stay comfortable. I'm good. And yet it's going to take faith to what? To just say, okay, Lord, I'm not in control. I'm a servant. I'm your servant. It's not what I want. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. Well, guess what? That should be true for all of us. Not just because I'm a preacher. No, I'm a child of God. The Bible says, I've been bought, that my life is no longer my own. What? That same scripture applies to you too. You have been bought with a price and you are no longer your own. And so we have to be careful that that we don't try to squeeze into what God is doing now with what God has done. It's not saying that that, that the, the past was bad. I'm not saying that at all. That's not anything that I'm saying. But what I'm saying is is that with every new season, we have to get new vision. We have to get new eyesight. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read this to you out of the uh, message translation. Just because I like the way it said some things. Ephesians chapter 1. It's one of the Ephesians prayers that Paul prays over a group of Christians. In verse 18, it says, For your eyes to be focused and clear 
so that you will know exactly what he is calling you to do, grasping the immensity of his glorious way of life that he has for us Christians. Then the New King James Version, which many of us are more familiar with, says, open the eyes of my understanding that they would be enlightened, that I would know the hope of my calling. Give me vision, give me eyes that see. Open up my eyes. And anytime we're stepping into a new season, we need to be asking God, open up my eyes. Open up my eyes to see what you're doing, to see how you're working, to see what you're asking of me in this moment. Why? Because a new season requires new understanding, requires a new purpose many times. Doesn't mean that the old purpose is just done away with. It means that things are going to get tweaked. Things are going to get adjusted a little bit. And we have to be flexible. I know Adam's Mr. Adaptability, but the rest of us, he's the weirdo. The rest of us don't like change. We all know he's weird. I love him. He knows it. But we don't like change. But yet many times we have to what? Get a new understanding. Guess what? When I got married, I had to think differently. Right? When I got kids, I had to learn to think a little differently. Like sleep is not optional. (laughs) Well, I guess it is. They think it is. They thought it was last night for sure. Who needs to sleep? (laughs) I do. That's who. You know, I had an interesting conversation with my pastor here a few months back and we were sitting down talking it was actually me and pastor jason we were we had gone to shreveport to have lunch with my pastor pastor sam uh car and uh so my pastor I, i've been a part of his church for uh in various times and whatever uh for about 30 almost 39 years so he's been my pastor my entire life i went there when i was just over one years old my parents went there and uh you know and so i've seen the church under his leadership for a number of years. And, and he's made some very strategic changes. It's kind of funny. You can look at it and I could say that I've gone, like I grew up in two or three different churches, but it was the same church with the same pastor. And yet he made shifts, like large shift that really changed the entire makeup and feel of our church multiple times. And, and he's in the midst of making another one of probably maybe the largest shift that I've ever seen him make. And so we were at lunch and we kind of talked about everything we need to talk about. And I asked him a question because I was curious. And I was like, Pastor, um, you know, and, and this is a man that I respect. I don't know if there's anybody I respect more than him, especially in the ministry, uh, just because of what he's meant to me. But I asked him a question. I said, Pastor, and I told him kind of what I just told you. And I, I said, I've seen you make multiple changes. And my question is, is how? How have you continued to to follow and make shifts because he's 72. He'll be 73 this summer. And I'm like, and you're arguably making the largest shift of your life when most people are like, I'm good. I don't need to make changes. I'm good. You have 40 years of stellar ministry of like impeccable character. Like why, why change now? And he thought for a second and he and he said, well, he said, that's a really good question. I've never thought about it. And he said, but the answer is simple. But it, the older you get and the longer you walk with the Lord, the less simple it actually is. And he said, I've stayed flexible. And I've kept asking God what he wanted me to do. Now, that sounds really simplistic. But then he began to elaborate on it a little bit. He said, because what happens is the longer you serve the Lord, you begin to make assumptions of how God has done, what God has done, when God has done. All those things, and you quit asking 
God what he's doing. See, we can all fall prey to that. Well, this is the way God's worked before. This is how God did it before. So this way God's going to do it again. Sometimes I think God just does it differently just to prove to us and remind us, I am God and you are not. And I can, I've got a million ways to get you wherever I need you to go. I just need you to follow me. And quit looking and saying, well, this is, you know, it's not just step A, B, C all the time. God may want to do it a completely different route and look completely different. And what happens is that we begin to make assumptions about how God works. No, we have to learn to listen for the voice of God and recognize the times and the seasons and the moments that we live in. We have to. Why? Because we want to stay in alignment. See, anytime there's a, there's a shift in season, we have to change what our, our thinking. Now, I realize that I brought some cold weather with me from South Louisiana this morning. But it's supposed to be spring, right? But how many of you go get your heavy winter coats out in August? Why? Why don't you wear your heaviest, thickest wool coat that you got in August? It's called humidity. Like, oh, oh yeah, and it's hot, by the way. Humidity is bad enough. Why? Because you understand the season. Like, it ain't time for a coat. Give me some swim trunks, some flip-flops, and a t-shirt. Now I'm ready to go outside. Why? Because you understand what is the temperature going to be like. It's going to be hot. It's going to be miserable. I'm going to sweat. I'm, just, I'm sweating thinking about it. And it's cold outside. But August is coming. Well, we, what, change accordingly, right? Well, we can do that in the natural. What about spiritually? What season of life are you in right now? What is the Lord telling you to do right now? I'll give you just a quick uh, example in my own life of this. A number of years ago, I was youth pastoring in Kansas. I've been there for a number of years, and the Lord began to stir in me and Dara's heart that we needed to begin to get out of debt. Now, I don't know how it happened for you, but for us, it, we were just stupid. I'll just be honest with you. Like, we didn't have a lot of medical deals, bills. We had, like, shop therapy. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I deserve this, and I need that. And, and so we had racked up a lot of debt. And yet the Lord began to stir in me. You need to get out of debt. Well, we had to learn some new things, even naturally. So we had to learn to manage our money better. We had, to, we had to make sacrifices. We had to start selling some of that stuff we thought we needed so bad and all those things. And it took us three and a half years to get out of debt. Within six months, the Lord told me, it's time for you to leave where, where you've been serving for seven years. And yet he spoke to me three and a half years ahead, actually almost four years ahead, and said, you need to get out of debt. You're like, well, why would that matter? Because the Lord told me, leave for a land that I'm going to talk to you about when you leave. Now, that sounds real pretty. What God was telling me to do was to leave without a job. That doesn't sound so pretty, does it? And I'm a practical person. Like, Lord, you wouldn't tell me to do that. Wait, you did tell Abraham to do that. Shoot. Show it to me in two or three scriptures then. I need let it be established in the mouth of two or three people. And yet, God took us on a season, which was very interesting, for eight months. And it was a season of rest. I remember when we first had, we left Kansas, we actually went back to Shreveport. 
where we're from. And so we were, we had gotten away for a few days and, you know, we'd gotten away to this place that we could, um, you know, place we could go use. It was in the country and pray. And so I told her, she's like, what are we doing? I was like, we're going to go get away to pray. That sounds real spiritual. Don't it? And uh, so we got there and day one goes by. She's like, all right, we prayed. Chop, chop. Come on. Let's get at it. What are we doing? I'm like, there, I told you we're here to pray. Day two. Okay, seriously, what are we, what are we doing? Like, we ain't sitting here. What, what are we doing? I'm like, there, we're here to pray. We need to rest. I know that in my heart. And the problem was, is I had created that in her, that drive to, to force and to run and to push. But I knew in my heart, the Lord was saying, you need to rest. And, and really he was, he needed to do a work in me before I could be ready for that next season. And, and you know, and it was a unique time. But you know what? If I wouldn't got out of debt, I am 100% convinced God would have never released me to step into that, that next season that he had for us. Why? Because you can't have a bunch of debt and not have a J-O-B. I guess you can. Mm, file bankruptcy, I suppose. But, but God supernaturally helped us get out of debt. It launched us into the next season, which ultimately led me to the stage today. It led me to the season that I'm standing in today, and that was years and years and years ago. But guess what? It all started with a little something that I just felt on the inside, like, we need to become a little more disciplined financially. What if I wouldn't have listened to that? That little, but it took a new mentality. I had to change. You're like, well, yeah, but that's a natural thing. We live in a natural world. God will still talk to you about your natural life. He will. Why? Because he knows what's coming when we don't. The Bible says he sees ahead. He's the God who sees ahead and makes provision before we even know it. So we have to understand this. Now, let me show you this. I got a few minutes here, but. This is such a powerful passage of Scripture, and this is everything I've said has been building up to this, by the way. So I don't care if you listen to nothing else. Listen to this. So pay attention. Pastor Jason began to ask me, or when he asked me about ministering, and we began to talk. We talked through a few things, and as soon as we kind of came, that this was the direction that we both felt like I needed to go. This verse was the, the first verse that came up. It's Isaiah 43, verse 19 and 20. The Lord is speaking to the children of Israel, and he says, and other translations say, like they begin off, like other translations would say, behold, pay attention, listen up. So, the message translation says this, because in the New Living it doesn't add this, but in the message it says, be alert and be present. Don't live in yesterday, be present today, right now. The Amplified Bible says to listen quickly, carefully. The NIV says, see, pay attention, look, look. See, I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Now, this is a, an interesting thought to me. Is it because it tells me that even God can be working and us as his children have no idea what he's doing. He's saying, look, I'm already working, but do you see it? Do you perceive it? Do you understand that something different is happening? He's talking to the children of Israel who he had done amazing things for. And yet he says, hey, all those miracles, they're awesome. But do you realize that I'm, I'm doing something new? 
He says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wastelands. Verse 20, the wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals, the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. How many of you know if you're stuck in a desert, you need some water, not a mirage, but an actual, you need some water because it's hot and dry. And God says, look, I'll make water even in the desert. He says, yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so that my chosen people can be refreshed. God says, look, I'll make a, a, a possible way in an impossible situation for you. Why? Because I want you to be refreshed. I don't want you getting weary. The psalmist wrote, says that I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. That's an amazing promise. And there's been times that I've had to hold on to that verse saying, God, you said you would never leave me. You would never forsake me, that you would always be with me. Amen. And sometimes that's all you got to hold on to. Just don't let go. Because it's not over yet. And yet we see this here and we hear this. Behold, I'm doing something new. Do you, are you not aware of it? Well, let me remind you of their history because it's actually in the verses that preceded this. And here in verse 15, the Lord speaks and he says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. He says, I am the Lord who opened the way through the waters. You know that little part of the Red Sea, that little... You know what I'm talking about? And the Bible says they walked on dry ground. It's pretty amazing that God would just say, hey, I want you to walk right through the middle of that ocean, right through the middle of that sea, that river. Multiple times he's parted water throughout Scripture. And they didn't walk through on the muck. I mean, how many of you ever go out in the rivers? You know what I'm talking about? And you step and what? Mud just gushes through your feet, right? And you're like, oh, shoot, I lost my boot, <laughs> right? That's what happened. And yet the Bible says they walked across the river on dry ground instantly. It was supernatural. It says, I called forth the mighty army of, Israel, of Egypt with all its chariots and horses, and I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. It says, their lives were snuffed out like a smoldering um, candle wick. Verse 18, this is so important. He says, but forget all of that. All these miraculous things that I've done. And another translation says that the Lord says, I forget that. Even the Lord himself says, it's over. I'm moving forward. And so his encouragement to us is, hey, it's over. Now we need to move forward. Why? Because behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Are you not aware that I am moving in a new and a different way? That I want to do something spectacular that has not been done before. This is the word of the Lord. This is what God's word says to us. And, and so what happens, and I believe many times, and this is my third point, my last point for you this morning. Because I believe that many times we think of like, well, God is my last resort. Like when everything falls apart, I'm going to come to Jesus. We even present the gospel that way. Well, hey, when you hit rock bottom, come to Jesus. And I believe that. But why do we have to tell people they got to hit rock bottom before they need Jesus? Because when they're on top of the mountain, they need Jesus just as much as they do in the valley. But you know, one of the things that I have found and that I have learned and that I've seen in my own life is that sometimes my good past is actually a bigger hurdle than my bad past. Why? Because I don't want anything to do with my bad past. I know the hurt, the scars, the damage. I know the fallout. But you know, sometimes my, I'll say it this way even, my God past can be a bigger hurdle to me moving forward to what God has for me. 
Why? Because I remember. Man, God, I remembered when you healed my body. I remembered when you delivered me. I, I remembered when you worked in my life. And I want to and I want to stay there and I want to camp there and, and build a monument. I mean, you know, the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter goes, man, we need to build some altars. Right? He's like, this is a moment, man. This is amazing. There's Moses. There's Eliza. There's, there's, it's like the cloud. This is amazing. And Jesus is like, come on, we ain't got time for that. Let's go. There's something about to happen. See, Peter wanted to camp out in that glorious moment. And Jesus had something more important to do. So he was moving in that direction. And so we have to be careful that even our good past doesn't get in the way of what God is doing and really keeping us from moving forward. It's important. You know, Paul is a very interesting person in Scripture. I want to read you two verses here out of Philippians chapter 3. It's my last Scripture for you this morning. But Paul was a very interesting man because he had all the pedigree of a religious follower. Like he, he was cream of the crop when it came to being a follower of, of the law of scripture. Well, then he had this amazing moment of salvation where Jesus comes, speaks to him directly. And then he becomes just as, uh, passionate, if you will, about following God moving forward. And yet he begins this, and he begins to make this statement. And I'm just going to read you two verses. I would encourage you to go read this chapter, Philippians three later, but I'm going to read you two verses out of the passion translation. Now, he's talking about achieving really who he's supposed to be in Christ. So that's kind of the backstory. But he says in verse 12, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion in his abundance so that I may reach the purpose, the season, the time that Christ has called me to fulfill and he wants me to discover. He says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I have one compelling focus. One compelling focus. One, one, one. I have one compelling focus. I have all this great history. I have all of these great things, although it was, I mean, Jesus did come and kind of knock me off my horse. It was kind of embarrassing, but so we're not going to talk about that. But I have all this history that's really amazing. But he says, I have one focus. I forget all that is past and I fasten my heart to the future instead. It doesn't matter if your past was good. It doesn't matter if your past was bad. It's part of your story. It's been redeemed. God has delivered you. God has healed you. Yes. But it's time to put the past to past and to time to what? grab hold with your whole heart of the future so that we can all begin to what? Move forward. Into what? The hope that God has for us. What is hope? It's a confident expectation that God is good. And that God has good things for me. That's what hope is. And he says here, I forget the past and I fasten my heart. I grab hold of it with all that I am. Because God has something for me to move forward to. And I'm here to tell you this morning is that God has something for you to move forward to. And God also has something for one community to move forward to. This is not the end of the story. This is the beginning of the story. And God wants to do immeasurably more than all of us can ask, think, possibly even imagine or dream. But yet we have to what? Let go. We have to move forward. We have to. We have to become in alignment with what God is doing right now, not just what he did in the years past. 
It's not that we're saying that the past isn't good. No, the past is, is what made us who we are. The past is very valuable. The lessons of the past are needed or we will repeat them. So we need the lessons of the past. But we don't need them to be like a boat anchor that's holding us back either. And that's why it's important. God, what's the season? What's this time? What do you have for me? Even for the church as a whole, but even you as as an individual. God, I need to be in alignment. I need to be in alignment with you. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? You know, as I'm talking about alignment and and really, uh, you know, what this means, I believe, and I don't want to leave this morning without giving every one of you the opportunity to respond to this is that you may be here this morning and you say, man, I need to come in alignment with what God has in my life and what God has for me. Well, this is where it starts, which is with a relationship with him. It's the very, it's, it's, it's step number one. It, it, do not go past go. Don't change anything. Don't go anywhere. Step one is you've got to surrender your heart to the Lord. And you may be here this morning and you've never actually surrendered your heart to the Lord. Now, I didn't say that you had never prayed a prayer. I prayed a prayer a lot and didn't get saved. But there came a moment where I said, okay, God, I'm done. I'm letting go. I'm giving you my life. That's when salvation comes. And you may be here and say, man, I just need to to freshly. I've been listening to you talk about alignment. I've been more about my life and what I want and what I need than what God wants in my life. And I just need to, I just need to reconnect. I need to reaffirm that commitment to the Lord that God, I am yours and I am not mine. So if you're here this morning, either one of those apply to you. I'm not, I'm not going to call you down here, but I, I just got you to slip up your hand real fast. So you put it up and put it right back down. So God, I, I'm recommitting my heart. I, I, I'm recommitting. I want to get in alignment with your purpose in my life. I realize that there are some things that are out of the way of where they need to be. And I just need to get back where it needs to be. Would everyone would just, just pray with me, repeat this after me, say, dear